You are listening to the Salty Witches Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Austin. I'm joined by Mike. Hello. And we have a very special guest this evening, Bree McGarren. Yay! Hi, Bree. How are you? Hi. We're doing well, and we're and again, we are very excited to have you join us tonight. Um, I'm thinking we're going to have some good good chat tonight. Mm -hmm. So, so to start us off right, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and our listeners? Like, like who are you? Well, I am a writer. I've uh, got a few books in print. Um, your listeners might know me from the Hex Positive podcast mm-hmm. over on the Nerd and Tie podcast network. And my books are kind of all over the place. Uh, there's Grove Daughter Witchery, there's The Sisters Grimoire, and there's Pestle Work. Mm-hmm. And I can very often be found answering questions on Tumblr. Yeah. Well, and we, we carry, I just, I don't want to, we, we have your books in our shop actually. And And I, I, yeah. Yeah. And I need to, I was actually just telling someone the other day, one of the other owners, I was like, I need to get, get back in touch with you to place another order. Yeah. Because we've already sold out completely on one of those titles. Um, yeah, so I will be I will, I will be following up with you after our podcast. Um, anyway, so, so all right. So can you tell us a little bit about like your just your kind of your 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 past, like your your personal? I mean, obviously you don't you don't need to go into too much detail, but like just your kind of where you come from as as a witch and as uh, as a pagan. Like what um, kind of what where where are you coming from with that? Okay, well, first of all, I uh, I grew up in the wilds of Bucks County in Pennsylvania. And like so many of us, I was raised various flavors of Christian, Uh, but I always sort of had this real inclination, this love for stories about magic and folklore. Basically, if anything had a witch on the cover or something to do with Halloween or spooky stuff, I was gonna get it. It was... It was the bane of my mother's existence for a few years, but she was very (laughs) Okay. And then, um, you know, when I got into my teenage years and my early 20s, again, as so many of us do, I began questioning the things I had been raised with and kind of going, well, I'm not finding uh, the answers there that I feel that I need in order to sort of move forward with my life journey. So let's see what else is out there. And I bounced around a little bit, didn't quite settle on witchcraft right away. But uh, I got into herbal medicine, and then one day someone handed me a copy of Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs, and I haven't looked back. All right. I'm here for it. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I, that's, a, that's a good place to, I'm sure a lot of people actually got their start with Cunningham. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So actually, I'm going to I'm gonna do a little sidebar here just because this is a conversation that we, we have with a few of our guests. So with that kind of being one of, one of the names that really kind of got you started, what what's your take on this conversation now? We hear this conversation, particularly in like younger generations of, of the pagan community and the witch community about, you know, the, the works of some of the, these older, you know, these older names within the witchcraft community and the Wicca community, like really just not being of relevance. Um, what's your, what's your take on that? I'm curious. Hmm. That's a, that's an interesting question. Um, it really sort of depends on the book. I think that a lot of the authors of the past, uh, still have value as historical texts, um, Mm. because it is important to know where we come from, how the movement has evolved, Um, because this is still very much an evolving modern movement. Um, So it is important to kind of see, you know, oh, this is where we were 10 years, 20 years, 50 years ago. However, we do need to, you know, acknowledge, of course, that things are constantly in flux, things are constantly changing, and that it is important to both acknowledge where we came from, but acknowledge what is no longer of use um, and just sort of go, okay, this was good in the eighties and the nineties, but you know, this part of the framework, yes, maybe still good basic ideas, but this particular rhetoric we know is, is no longer valid. This particular language we know is something that we should not use, you know, Mm -hmm. Kind of just sort of take what you can from it. Uh, 
just for what it is. Um, but also, I would also say that um, the older sources, with very few exceptions, are things that I would not recommend to beginners. Um, mm -hmm. Not in, in a way of like, oh, well, you you can't understand this yet. It's like, well, no, you, you need more of a, an updated framework, and then you can begin to explore the history, because then you have context. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I, it's it's so refreshing to hear your your take on that. Yeah. Because what you what you just stated is actually I think where Austin and I both kind of sit on that discussion. Yeah. Oh, very much so. Yeah. I I I grew up practicing, and you know all of our listeners know my story. And as I grew up and I started trad Wicca, it, it was kind of one of those things. Like as I left, I just see all this stuff that comes out of it. And I'm like, okay, but most of you don't actually know what that means but okay so, <laughs> and so so I always tell people read those older authors because <clears throat> there's still going to be something of value there you know everyone can mm -hmm. learn something from Cunningham everyone can learn something from Ravenwolf but you have to understand that things change new things have come out and it, it's just reading knowledge is knowledge right yeah. even if the knowledge is about something that is incorrect it's still knowledge that gives you knowledge about the incorrectness of it True. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, all right. Okay. So, when did you have that moment, Bree? When, when, when for you? When was the moment with all of your personal study, your personal work, your you know, just your development? When did you get to that moment, or or how did that maybe come about where you were like, okay, now I I've studied, I've grown, I've learned enough about this, and I, I really feel that I have a voice or I have something I need to share with others. You know, from the sound of it, you know, like you do that not only with your writing. But you've got the um, the uh, Hex Positive podcast. Um, you're you're in a position now where you're sharing information and discussing things very publicly uh, with who knows how many people. Um, what was it? What was what was the inspiration there? Like, okay, like now I need to I need I need to I need to teach. I need to share. What was that? Well, um, it really all started on Tumblr. I, I really do have to give. Uh, Tumblr and all the people who follow me there, just all the props in the world. I would not be here without them. And I'm very grateful. Um, early in my practice, uh, you know, I just, I got on there and I got into the, the, the witchcraft community that was there because it was the only way I had of talking to other practitioners. And it allowed me to get a perspective and an education that I would not have gotten on my own from books. Cause you know, where I was living at the time, there was just no one to talk to who wasn't, you know, my parents' age and super duper traditional and not really into stuff that I wanted to be into. It, it, the, the community in, in the, the Bucks County area is very much of the, well, you have to join a coven and you have to have this course of study and be initiated mm. and all that. And I'm like, that's fine for you, but that's not my path. So, but um, as I went along on Tumblr, I just started sharing stuff about what I was doing, what I was learning, resources I found, uh, mistakes I made. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And along the way, uh, people started asking questions. They started asking my opinion on things. Hmm. I got into discussions. And apparently a lot of folks liked the things that I had to say. And eventually I found myself in a position of sort of a volunteer educator. Ah, and okay. uh, it's a little ironic because I actually went to college to be a teacher, but oh. I, <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's been the theme of my life is I just keep coming around and around to this position of being an informal educator. Hmm. So you know, that just that just kept on on uh, Tumblr and continues to this day. And uh, then in 2016, I had a life changing event. I lost a job that I thought was going to be a career job. Ah. And I found myself with a severance package and several months of unemployment and nothing to do. So I was like, well, it's November. So I'll just do National Novel Writing Month. I've got stuff in my prompts folder. Let's see what happens. Spoiler alert, nothing happened. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the, 
the fiction would not cooperate. The muse had faffed off to Bermuda or something. And I was just like, doggone it, you know, now what? So in an effort to kind of re-energize myself, I was like, well, let me look at all the, you know, articles and things I've, I've written for, you know, Tumblr, for my other blogs, answering questions, notes I've taken, blah, blah, blah. Wow, there's an awful lot in this folder. Hmm. hmm. Well, uh, you know what? Just for fun, let's put this all in a Word document and just see, see how much material in 90 pages. Hmm. Okay. Okay, so we're doing this. Yeah. And uh, so I did. I fleshed things out. I wrote new material where needed. I did so much so much editing and a few months later grove daughter witchery came into the world hmm. All so, right. yeah and then of course you know as so many people did when we shut down the for the pandemic i said you know what i've always wanted to do a podcast let's do one yeah <laughs> I, I wish i wish that the cat the uh the uh the beginnings of hex positive were more dramatic than that but they're not <laughs> I, I, it's, it's funny you say that actually because I think that's actually really where where we got started with this is kind of the same thing we're like where you know we're oh we got some noisy street traffic outside um, but yeah we we kind of did the same thing we're like we don't know what to do with ourselves we've got all this extra time now during the uh, during the pandemic and let's hey shit everybody else is doing one let's do a podcast you know so yeah so I we we can we can relate to that completely um, in all the time that you've uh, found yourself really, really in kind of in the role of being a teacher, you know, because that's very much what you are, you know, um, hold on one sec. We'll have to edit this out here real quick. Okay. So, yeah, so I, I was going to ask in all the time that you've been, um, you know, really in, in whatever sense, you know, stepping in and really kind of functioning as a teacher um, in that time, you've, you've taught a lot through your writing, through your podcast, through Tumblr. Have you, have you ever actually found yourself in front of a room of people? Like, do you teach in person? I have done that only a very few times. I can count them on one hand. Okay. Okay. Um, not for lack of trying. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Um, yeah, just it, it's more for like I still have a day job. Yeah, so oh no, that has oh, no, a big presence. Yeah, and, that, and that's fine. The reason I asked that is because I wanted to see, I wanted to get your take on um, kind of the different feel that you get between presenting and, and information and teaching in kind of you know through the through the means of something, say like Tumblr or through a podcast, these kinds of things, and actually like kind of being like face to face with someone that would be seeking your information. Like, how do you feel that presenting information through things like social media, this kinds of th you know these kinds of mediums? How do you feel that that has has really kind of affected the exchange of that information for like good or for bad? That's a good one. Um, well, for me personally, um, I do kind of prefer to do it online purely because it gives me more time to think about what I'm going to say in response mm -hmm. to a question or, you know, a, a discussion. Yeah. Um, in person, you know, full disclosure, I have ADHD. My brain buffers. Okay. And <laughs> um, yeah, I think Aust Austin too. Yeah, yeah, we get that. Yeah. So when I'm in a discussion, you know, especially if it's moving very quickly and there's like several people involved, it's hard to know like where to dive in. I forget what I want to say because things are moving quickly. So online spaces allow me to, you know, kind of respond when I can and to think about it which which certainly helps um i do still prefer uh the the longer form discussions that can be had on on places like tumblr and discord as opposed to you know things that are character limited yeah or purely one-sided where it's just you know you're you're 
TikTok, I will say, is all well and good as a way of people finding each other and sharing mm-hmm. information, but it moves so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. That I feel like, you know, by the time you figure something out, six new things have already trended and it's it's difficult to keep up. Well, yeah. those things also cycle. So by the time you get back around, yeah. by the time it comes back around to where you're like, oh, I can speak on this, you're like exhausted. It's like, I. Yes. So I'm just gonna go over here and take a picture of a pretty plant. Yeah, that's why I don't do it much. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that, and that, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, I, I would agree with you completely. Yeah, I don't necessarily know that uh, platforms like TikTok are. Um, well, they certainly weren't created, I think, with teaching in mind. Um, no. So, all right. So I wanted to talk a little bit more about your books because I, I think they're lovely. Um, you've got a lot of really good information there. Um, and I like them because the information that you presented obviously is information you can tell by the writing. You can tell like this is, uh, you know, I, I would say several years worth of knowledge and information, you know, some of it going back, you know, quite, you know, I won't say quite a ways, but, you know, go, but going back a while. Right. Um, but I, I also find that the way that you present things is, things is still very uh, contemporary. Like there still is what you write in the way that you present still is like, okay, this is just as relevant today as say maybe it would have been if it were written like you know 20 something years ago um so i really i like that um going back to what we were talking about earlier you know i I think that um a lot of what you've included in your books the recipes you know even even down to specific ingredients that you've listed for certain things in in uh i believe pestle work specifically Um, pestle work is my favorite yeah i i i thumbed through that and got lost in it and I, I work a lot with herbs and plant allies. Um, you know, if people had to give me a label, I'd be a green witch. Um, but, <clears throat> but I'm not, I'm just a witch. But I loved the powders and there's an entire section where, where Brie gives like, don't have this, here are several alternatives. Mm-hmm. Shocker, they're not <laughs> rosemary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, that's well, that's what I mean. Like, like a lot of the information that's in there, it's very topical. It's mm-hmm. like, like this, this is a conversation that's being had today, you know, um, you, you know, though it was one maybe that was also being had, you know, several years ago. So um, anyway, but we love your books. And I, but getting back to where where I was going with that, so what what was that process like for you? You know, I think we we've had a couple of other people who've who've written, you know, published authors on the podcast and. Um, but I really, I, I love this conversation because I think this journey, though it is very much the same for a lot of people who publish, I, I also know that it's always different for everybody. What what was your what was your journey? What was your process like uh, in actually like going from from being like you know writing and and presenting that information and getting all that information kind of collected in that way, and then actually working to be published? Like how how did that work for you? Hmm. Well, I went, uh, I went the independent route Yeah, and, uh, you know, we all hate Amazon, but the Kindle direct publishing platform was free. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, um, and at the time it was the thing that I had access to. Mm-hmm. Um, I had previously co-authored like a, a, a sort of earlier version of the Sisters Grimoire uh, with Anna Zollinger back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the first edition. And then I republished that later with just my own work because stuff anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when I went to publish, I, I, I kind of looked around at all of the various publishing houses and kind of went, I don't feel like I have a chance. Gotcha. I don't feel like as a first time author someone who's basically unknown in the community outside of you know a couple of online platforms someone who doesn't have a huge following you know who who isn't out there doing workshops or whatever i didn't feel like i would be taken seriously hmm. if i submitted something to say llewellyn or full moon or willow tree press yeah um you know that might be different now um but back then it was like, no, I, I don't feel comfortable putting this in someone else's hands. I don't think that I'll be accepted. And I really want to get this out now and have control over it. Hey, look, here's an option that gives me the opportunity to do exactly that. Yeah. So okay. that's what I went with. And that's, that's, what I, uh, that's what I'm still with. I'm still publishing through uh, Kindle Direct today. 
Yeah. No, I think that's great. You know, and the reason that I, I, I asked you that question, why I wanted you to just share that is because I think that there are a lot of voices out there within, uh, you know, within our community who, uh, you know, find themselves in that place, right? You know, they're like, I have, um, you know, I have this information to share. I have this, this information that I've collected. There's this whatever, right? Whatever it may be. Um, and I think they, a lot of them, they find themselves in that same moment where they're like, I don't feel that I you know, that I, I would be taken seriously or I don't feel that I my, my work would be accepted in this kind of a medium or platform. And, you know, and I, I actually find a lot of value to independent, uh, you know, kind of publishing. I think that that more and more, I think that really is kind of the way to go. Um, you know, if, if the time I was broke. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly right. Well, I mean, and that's something else to consider, you know, like I, I don't think that anybody I don't. I, I don't know particularly with within the pagan and witchcraft community and the, and the occult community. I don't really know that it's too common that people who write books, like most people, don't go into writing books on those topics. And you know, like they're not already independently wealthy, right? Like they're not usually going to be people that are going to have. I would assume more often than not resources, you know, to, mm -hmm. to approach publishers like Llewellyn. You know, um, so no, so I think the, I love the independent publishing and, um, you know, and I think a big piece of what you said there also is that it is something that definitely gives you the ability to maintain a degree of control. Um, you know, that's been one of the conversations that's been had by a couple of the other authors that we've had on the podcast is that in the process of kind of sending that manuscript back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, you know, they were sometimes I think they were asked to make edits or to change things that they probably would rather not have. Um, so yeah, so I, I think the way that you've gone about doing this, I think that's that's perfect for me. That's very much in the essence of uh, or the spirit of witchcraft. Um, yeah, so I, I love that. So, so what? It works, what it works well for me too. Yeah, well, and that's and that's what matters, right? Um, yep. So right now, so with with what we've talked about so far, you know, with with just the different ways that you continue to teach and present information. Um, what, what have you noticed in, say, just like the last even maybe year or so that really has kind of for you been kind of like, uh, I don't know, so like a source of inspiration or something that continues to kind of keep your fires going for not only your writing but and teaching, but also in your own practice? Ooh, um, well, it's the fact that everyone keeps asking questions. There's always, yeah. you know, there's always a crop of new witches that... Uh, you know, or even just people who are curious. They're like, well, I'm not yeah. quite ready to, you know, jump into that pool, you know, with both feet, but I, I'd like to put a toe in and maybe see what's what. And I'm like, aha, I am the person you you probably want to talk to. Yeah. Um, my, my pitch at the uh, market events that I go to uh, so often is, you know, you're your, your spirituality is an intensely personal thing. I'm not going to dictate to you, you know, what your path there should be. My books are completely secular. They are non-denominational. Um, so I'm not going to tell you how to be a pagan. I'm not going to tell you what path to take as a witch. But if you want to learn how to do witchcraft without burning your house down, I can help you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good we advice. Need that. We need good, that. good advice. All good good information. All yeah. Of yeah. So you talk about about presenting information in your book since since you kind of kind of, you know, uh, just just shared that. And you talk about the information you present being secular and you also identify as a secular witch um, for our listeners. Can you can you kind of clarify that? Can you explain like what what is, what is that for you? A secular practice? What is that? For me, it means that my spirituality as a pagan and my craft as a witch are two separate things. Um, there's maybe about a 2% overlap sometimes, mm -hmm. uh, but generally, nearly all of the time, if I am working uh, a spell, I am not calling on divine aid. I'm not calling on any of my patrons. I am doing the work myself. Okay, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for, for uh, clarifying that because I think we have, we have this thing happening now, particularly with some of the younger generational witches and practitioners where, um, you know, the conversation around like, oh, deity work and, you know, and these kinds of things like that continues to be such a trending thing, um, you know, and a big topic. And it should be because I think for many people that that's, you know, that's a good choice and that's something that works for them. But, but I think a lot of people, they, 
they forget that one of the reasons that we do this, one of the reasons that we kind of strike out on our own path as practitioners is because we don't necessarily, we, you know, we're, we don't, we realize we don't need to be reliant on those other energies, right? We can, we really, we, we can kind of do this for ourselves. And, you know, and in trying to relate that and talk about that with people, you know, like you don't need, you don't need to, to go to a God for every spell. You don't need to call these energies in for every working that you may do. Um, so I love that. I think, I think that's great. And more and more, I think people need to be kind of reminded of that. Um, I agree. And I think rather that uh, the, the, the pressure that newer witches may feel to, you know, choose a pantheon, choose a path, choose your deities, mm -hmm. you know, start venerating, start dedicating right away is rather um, putting the cart before the horse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because like I said before, you know, that, that all is very much a journey. It's intensely personal. It is something that, you know, you really shouldn't rush into. You know, you need to know yourself, you need to find your feet, you need to decide, you know, what you want from that journey. And then you can go about saying, well, if this is the path I want to be on, at least for as far as I can see, then what will serve me to further my personal development and my education as I move in that direction and depending on how that answer changes over time and it will change over time. Mm. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. You know, who you might want to talk to or not talk to will also change. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, so you're, you're a good voice for, for, to answer this question. And I love to ask this question of, of pretty much everybody that I get into a conversation like this with. Um, but given your background given the fact that you you also i mean you are you are the, the the practitioner that you are today and and you know um but you do have in your background you did did have some experience with um organized religion um this this need now that we you were just discussing with needing to kind of like oh, i've got to pick a god i've got to pick a pantheon i've got to do these things do you do you feel that that could be for many people that could be something that is a carryover from past religious experience absolutely um, Absolutely. A hundred percent. It definitely is. It's very difficult to go from a life where you have an organized religious structure, you have an organized faith community, you have leadership, you have elders, you have a direction, you have organized rules, you have a holy book. Basically, you know what is expected of you and you know what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly you step into this world where you are entirely self-educated, entirely self-directed, and there are fewer rules. There are still rules. I know there are a lot of people come in going, you know, if I wanted rules, I'd stay in church. It's, no, there's rules here too, just yeah. less so, <laughs> and they're different. Mm -hmm. And you really do have to kind of fly by the seat of your pants, and you have to really kind of learn as you go. And that can be very daunting and very disconcerting and i think that part of the you know the immediate urge to uh to 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 choose a deity or to choose a pantheon is wanting that structure mm -hmm. um you know being like you know no i am still leaving that behind i am i am fully in my about face some of it is partly an act of rebellion i know it certainly was for me uh, but it, it's also kind of going, you know, I, I'm done with whatever religion I came from, but I still want structure. I still want some idea of where I'm going. And without a holy figure, without a divine figure to focus on for guidance, sometimes that's difficult. Yeah. Well, I, I find that's also why a lot of people, well, other than the fact that Wicca has been so easily accessible mm -hmm. um, for the past, you know, however long. <laughs> um, that's why a lot of people jump jump into Wicca um, is because they're going from one organized religion into another and Wicca has has its liturgy, it has its structure, it has its, it has its these thousand thems, you know, it has mm -hmm. those things and it teaches you that structure and um, Mike, Mike will pick on me for my years in trad with that. Never. <laughs> Never. Yeah. Uh, but he also will say, like, that's the reason I can jump into pretty much any ritual working, whether it's public, coven, private, whatever it is. And I'm very aware of what I need to do and how it needs to work because 
you learn that with the structure. And so I usually tell people, even if you're just beginning, you don't have to start with Wicca anymore because we now have really awesome authors such as yourself, Keldon, all these other authors who give structure to witchcraft and help bring focus from a practice that has become so aesthetic and fluid that you can actually learn and grow. Because I, I can't tell you how many times I've had people contact me via social media and tell me how lost they feel because one TikTok creator or one influencer said this and another one said this and they heard a third person say the same thing but just differently enough that it's confusing to them. And mm -hmm. you know, th there's this one person claiming high priestess and this other person claiming this and this is this and, and they're just so confused. And so when they finally do get in contact with someone who knows how to structure, such as yourself, Michael, me, or any other manner of teachers, we, we kind of have that ability to go, okay, hold up there, cowboy or cowgirl or cow, <laughs> cow non-binary. Cow, cow person. Cow person. Cow poke. Um, cow poke <laughs> there you go. You know, um, let's, let, let's, let's look at this. I've, I've recently had this discussion in the last couple days with someone where their friend was a certified high priestess. And I had to tell them, like, you don't get certified to be a high priest or high priestess. And I had to, like, go into, like, this huge detail thing. And they were like wow okay so i was like okay these are the people you need to follow i t i told them they need to follow you you know can't call for all these other people because that's where the structure is going to come and I, I like what you said where, where you said yeah we've kind of got this idea that witchcraft has no rules but no there are they're just different mm -hmm. and the rules are a little bit more flexible yes and so, I mean, I have all the respect in the world for people who do go through, you know, the years of of training and study and so forth to gain um, levels of rank in their chosen path. Uh, but generally, and this is just me personally speaking, mm -hmm. if someone has to preface whatever they're saying by referring to their rank, I immediately am suspicious of whatever they're going to say. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I and it's it's one thing to say, oh, you know, I have X number of years of experience. I have encountered this. Let me share my experience with you versus I am a seventh level high priestess. Listen to what I say. Mm -hmm. uh, my first response would be like, OK, well, there's no seven levels of Wicca. So nice try. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> it, you know, it just, I, a lot of it sounds very arbitrary. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure there's something to like certain bits of it. I'm not personally fully versed on what all of the different stuff is for the various paths, but some of it does sound very arbitrary. Yeah, yeah. arbitrary and very, very convoluted because it's very rare that you'll actually come across someone who holds those titles and traditions uh, mm -hmm. because we're not out there flaunting them usually. And if we do bring it up, it's because like, okay, well, here's why I'm bringing it up because this is something that I'm very aware of. You know, um, I don't introduce myself as, hello, I'm Lord High Priest White Ravenspire of the third degree of the Gardenarian tradition. And my upline goes, I don't introduce myself. Oh, well, well, thank God. Uh, you know, I'm just, hi, I'm Austin, I'm a witch. What yep. can I help you with? <laughs> so so it's, it's, it's refreshing to hear it's refreshing to hear from another voice, another teacher, another practitioner that no, there are rules. They're just a little bit more flexible and they're different yeah. because I, I, I get tired of the intention is everything. Do what the hell you want rhetoric because it's just so not true. How are you going to cast a spell if you don't know how to ground and raise power? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Bree, what, what's next for you? What's, what's, with all that you've got going on and all that you've already kind of got, you know, you know, uh, th things you've already done. Like, what, what's your plan? Is there anything that you can share? Like, what's, what's coming up for for the Hex Positive podcast, or, or, or is there, is there another book in the works? Yes, yes. As a matter of fact, um, I, I mentioned the Sisters Grimoire earlier. It mm -hmm. is a, a lovely little book of spells and charms based on the Brothers Grimm fairy tales. Yeah. Um, actually, of the three, that one's kind of my personal favorite because I just love fairy tales. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm working on a second volume. Ooh. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. And this one is going to be based on the uh, the collected works of Andrew Lang, the guy who had all the color-coded fairy books, the blue fairy book, the brown oh, fairy okay. book. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yes, I grew up reading those in the corner of my elementary school library, and I love them so much. So, yes, volume two of the Sisters Grimoire, it's been in the works for quite some time, and I know I keep promising updates, but then life happens. Yeah. Um, I've also taken to doing periodic markets with the, uh, the River Witches Unite group uh, at Diversity Richmond in Richmond, Virginia. That's a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah. And I get to meet all kinds of fabulous people there. And Hex Positive, knock on wood, is still going strong. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm actually planning uh, something a little special for later this summer that has to do with uh, discussing what it means to be a volunteer educator in the witch community and hopefully oh. uh, introducing some of my listeners to some of the wonderful educators that I've met along the way. Gotcha. Okay, I think that's great. I, that that's awesome. That's good. I I'm I'm excited to see that you you continue to just kind of show up with your with your writing, with what you're doing with your own podcast. I think that's excellent. And I I, I would say it again. I think I think that your 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 voice is definitely one that that I I enjoy hearing from. And so, very cool. Well, all right. I mean. I think that those were all the all the things I I kind of wanted to, to talk about. Austin, do you have anything else? <sighs> Not really. I'm I'm sorry. I, I'm a little foggy today. I'm ha I'm having I'm having some some pain issues. Um, oh, honey. Uh, eh, it happens. Uh, so I know. <laughs> um, let's talk about. Oh, there was something that I wanted to like talk about. <gasps> Let's talk about the biggest mistakes we made in our craft when we started out. Oh, good topic. You know, okay. Normally near the end of the podcast, we do the, what's something you would like to focus magical energy at in the world? Or what's one thing we're hating, one thing we're loving? And I think this is really cool. Let's talk about something that we did that was probably not the best. And we saw the result therein. And the lesson we learned. Okay. Oh, here comes the personal cringe compilation. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> um, I think this would be fun to do with like a big. Are you gonna Are you gonna go first, um, Austin? I will go ahead and start. So um, I am not anti love magic. I'm not anti love magic at all. Um, however, I will say that as a young sixteen year old gay boy, <laughs> I. I mean, I grew up in Utah, so trying to find a partner, branch out from from the heteronormativity of the, the town I grew up in, it was really difficult for me. And so I did, I did a love spell. I was not specific. I was also oh, still no. <laughs> just kind of going around, like I, I was starting to really focus and do Wicca and all this other stuff. So I kind of generalized it. I very much generalized it. I didn't specify that I wanted a boyfriend. I didn't specify if I wanted them to live close, live far, anything like that. So I do this spell and I did it during the summer uh, in Vegas when I was staying with my brother. So I was home alone, it was hot, and this was the epitome of use what you got. We had, the, my, my brother had some old roses that had dried out, so I used with those rose petals. I, I had some cinnamon, and I just kind of like whipped this thing together. And my brother and my sister-in-law, their favorite color is red, and they have this thing for hearts. So I had lots to pull from. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm sitting there with the Maury Povich show going on in the background. What could go wrong? <laughs> and I'm just like focusing like I really want this I really really want this and I start doing my chant and I cast my circle and I I call the quarters and I start going and I start going and I start building up this energy and I felt it and then I released it got done okay cool um go back home that summer and the minute I get home I get like I have these IMs just popping up on my laptop from random people and I'm like, this is weird, but okay. So I start talking to one guy in particular, and then I go back to school, and it just it just kind of goes crazy. So long story short, the guy ended up being 
one of the people who picked on me, but it, but it was a girl, and they were trying to get me to be in a relationship with them, to embarrass me. Um, then, shortly after that, I procured a stalker. Oof. But I procured a female stalker whose family practiced brujeria. Okay. Yikes. So, <laughs> I, I was sitting here, I was like, oh shit, what am I supposed to do? So I tried to figure out what to do and how to get rid of it, and I basically just thought, you know, I'm going to nullify it. So... I just went through, did a cleanse, nullified as best as I could, and moved on with my life. Well, I, I'm in bed one night after having to have this conversation with this this girl who was thoroughly convinced that we were going to end up getting married. Like, that's never going to happen. I like guys. And it got to the point where I just was very vulgar. I was like, it's not going to happen. I suck dick. Like, that's, that's what's happening. Okay? And... I left that school that day and I'm sitting in my bed and I just hear, I hear this weird noise out, outside my window. I lived in rural, uh, rural West Haven. So like it could have been cats, could have been any manner of things, you know, could have been one of the chickens that had gotten out. And I, it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. My dog is going crazy. So I get up and I look out my window and I see a person trying to plant something. And uh -oh. I'm like, Oh shit. Oh shit. So I like run into the next room um, and, I, 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 and I wake up my grandma and I'm like, grandma, grandma, grandma. And so she wakes up, she goes outside with her baseball bat because she's from, she's from the South. So, you know, she, she always had a baseball <laughs> bat next to her bed and she starts screaming at this person and it's just, oh my God, it was just hilarious. I wake up the next morning, I go out to see what it is. And my, my mama had already gotten on it. She had already gotten on to spelling it because she was a, a reworker. She knew it had gone on. And she told me, she's like, you're gonna cause problems if you do spells like that again. You need to stop. And I was like, oh shit. So basically, I had a stalker who then attempted to try and put a love spell on me. Oof. So that that was my, that, my worst spell fuck up. Um, <laughs> The only other one that I can think of, not that other spells haven't like backfired or anything, but the next one was I did a healing spell on myself. I won a, a vocal competition, but then I couldn't speak for the next month because I had like damaged my voice. <laughs> so, so I learned my lesson that you gotta be a little bit more specific than the universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So do you have do you have an experience that you you can share with us kind of along those lines, Brie? Oh, I have so many. <laughs> yeah, me me too. I'm sitting here doing the same thing. I'm sitting here thinking like, oh God, of all of the times I really screwed it up royally, which 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 one do I want to share? Oh boy. Um, well, I, there's there's a lot of spells that I've I've done that have just been like, oh, well, that didn't work, or they worked, but in ways that I was like. Oh, that's not what I meant. Um, <laughs> none, of, none of them were thankfully anywhere near that traumatic. Uh, <laughs> I think um, actually the, the the cringe from my past, though the the real like screw ups uh, from my path was that I started out with a lot of really wrong headed ideas about mm -hmm. what witchcraft and paganism were and like how you were supposed to witch you know i was in that camp of oh well you have to do it this one particular way you have to you know you have to be wiccan you have to do the threefold law christians stole our holidays it blah blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. the the whole you know i was one of those people that i kind of you know look at in the tags now and go Oh, I hope someone talks to you before I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was it was really just like it was it was ignorance. It was out of sheer ignorance. It was because oh, I yeah. did not know what I did not know. Uh and I hadn't studied yet. I hadn't I hadn't really gotten into history. I hadn't educated myself properly and I hadn't had other witches to talk to and 
thankfully once I did, they set me straight real quick. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's good in that situation. It's good that you were still in a position to learn. I think, I think that's a big challenge or a big issue. And one of the reasons why we continue to see the same kinds of, um, problems, you know, continuing to kind of resurface within, particularly within witchcraft practice, you know, is there are a lot of people who are, they're unwilling to learn, you know, like they're unwilling to admit like, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe I got like kind of like the wrong bit of information on this. Maybe I should be open to this other person's experience. So yeah, so that's, that's good. I, th I think we, we all need to kind of check our egos a little bit as we're still learning what we're doing. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. And also acknowledge that cognitive dissonance is still a thing inside the witchcraft and pagan. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yep. I love that I share the story yep. and no one else is. I just embarrassed myself on our podcast. You were you were just willing to just put it all out there. That's okay. We're 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 here for it. So oh sorry. Car well, I, do, I do have one more. I do yeah. have one more. Yeah. Um this this was more a lesson on um just learning how to choose who you trust more carefully mm -hmm. uh when i was still very much a beginner like literally within the first two years of my study maybe even the first one i don't remember dates quite um i fell in with a group of my friends uh, one of whom had been a witch for quite some time. Um, she was very experienced. She pre presented herself as extremely knowledgeable and was one of those people who either falls into the leadership position or places themselves in a leadership position. You know, they have to be the loudest voice in the room kind of mm -hmm. person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, that was good for a few things you know she did teach me uh, a lot you know sort of getting started and she like sort of put me in the right direction so for for that it was it was good um but there were also ideas floating around in that group like you know oh well there's you know there's there's a handful of us and we all you know are interested in this so we should all sit circle together we should do spells together <gasps> we should be a coven and mm -hmm. I was kind of like, mm, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not really sure, you know, this early in my practice, do I want to join a group? I mean, it sounds wonderful. It sounds like a really cool thing. You know, it, it seems like something I should want as a witch. Yeah. But something was just not quite clicking for me. And uh, the next time that we sat circle together, uh, after we, you know, had, had this initial discussion about being a coven, um, you know, we, we, we did the whole song and dance. We, we put everything up and we sat down to do our, our stuff. And this person looks at me and she goes, why haven't you dropped your protections? We're inside a circle. Why, why are you still shielding yourself? And I'm like, um, because that seems like a smart thing to do when there's, other people doing stuff around me and I don't want to be affected by it. And she's like, if you don't drop all your protections when you're in the circle, it means you don't trust us. And it, it became a whole thing. And I kind of went, huh. Okay. So from there that became um, rather a big fight uh, mm -hmm. with, yeah. her, <laughs> with her eventually quoting the craft at me uh over some 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 personal matters and claiming that i had uh somehow betrayed the group by not wanting to join a coven except i was part of a coven because we had sat circle to get i couldn't follow her logic um the long and the short of it is we are no longer friends i have no idea where she is but i hope that she's okay yeah <laughs> she yeah um, but yeah, it was, it was eye opening for me to be like, wait, this is someone that I thought I could trust as a friend and as a person and as a mentor. And as it turns out, um, that would not have been a good person to trust. Uh, and that mm -hmm. would not have been a good person to, uh, to leave myself open to, uh, as a new practitioner or as a, a coven member, because they turned out to be not such a great person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that yeah. makes sense. And, and again, you know, I mean, those are 
those are I think experiences that a lot of us I think can share. Um, and again, oh, yeah. very important ones. We need to we need to be paying attention to that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Coven, covens are are definitely not for everybody. No. Yeah, that's well, uh, covens aren't for everyone. And and you know, as much as no one wants to. To, to think about it, when you're in a coven, it no longer becomes about the self, it becomes about the group. And when you do that, people tend to forget that not everyone in the group is at the same level, particularly if you're eclectic, you know, if you're doing a kind of eclectic coven thing, then not everyone's gonna be at the same level, not everyone's gonna have that level of knowledge, and that's going to, the position of leader is going to fall to the person who has the most knowledge. And, or, or it's going to fall the position of the person who's the loudest. And I've, I've seen plenty of that, plenty of that all over where, you know, someone come, comes in and they interact with them. Well, I have a coven and I'm like, okay. And you're telling me that you don't know how to ground. Wow. You're leading a coven. Yeah, I'm the high priestess. We just get together and we just do full moon release rites. And I'm like, so you're not a coven. You're a you're a support group. Yeah. You're a you're a you're a group of people who want spirituality but don't want to do the work for actually do the actual craft part of it. Um, and then they always sign up for our full moon rituals here, and I'm usually the one who are lead, who's leading those. And I I, I don't pull punches. I have like an entire spiel at the beginning of the full moon ritual where I'm like, yeah, we're not casting a circle. We're not calling quarters. We're not going to sit together, sing Kumbaya and do a full moon release right down when no longer serves you. We're actually going to do some freaking work and you're probably going to sweat. So let's do it. And then they never show back up again or they come back because they, they, they connected. They actually plugged into something and they're like, this is what witchcraft is. So, yeah. So how about you, Mike? What's what's one of your your stories? Oh, you're going to make me share something, huh? Um, <laughs> again, I, I have a lot. I think I think all of us... Oh, we all have a lot. I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that you are, we are never so experienced or so knowledgeable that we can't still really screw it up royally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know, you know, in my youth, when I was clearly... Just clearly dealing with some issues of arrogance in my practice. Um, I, I remember working with a particular spirit and making a promise to said spirit that I would do something in exchange for something that I'd asked for. Um, and I got what I asked for. And then thinking I was, you know, hot shit, decided I didn't need to make good on the promise I had made. Oh. And yeah, and that is that how you lost your hair? No, no, that was how, that was how I, I nearly sliced a finger off. Oh, um, God. But anyway, so yeah, but um, and we'll just say that that spirit still got what it was promised, albeit in a painful and roundabout way. So uh, yeah, so I'll, I, I tell people all the time, based off that experience, I say like, oh boy, if you decide you want to contract with a particular spirit or bring that kind of external energy into your work, you you better make good on what you promise. Um, mm-hmm. Because those, because the, they will, those those spirits, they'll they'll get what you promise, one way or another, whether you give it willingly or not, they're gonna get what they're owed. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, I guess that's all our... the more reason to you know take a minute and 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 you know consider before you you get into that area of your practice. Abs- absolutely, <laughs> yes, yeah, and see, and I, again, I think I think at that point, I uh, because I was so. Uh, I was still so young and inexperienced and, and again, obviously still very full of myself at that point. Um, it's the weirdest thing, right? Like the less, you know, the, 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 I don't, I don't know. It, it's just, it's weird to me. It's like the, the less, you know, the, the more full of yourself you are. And then mm-hmm. as you grow and you mature and you actually collect a, a fairly decent pool of experience and knowledge, you start to realize like, oh my God, for everything that I learn, I'm, you know, like it's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's okay. That's okay. Anyway, um, but you're absolutely right. Yes, yeah. And again, a kind of another good reminder: like you don't need to work with those energies if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. Well, well, Bree, I I want to thank you. I think we're we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna uh, we're probably gonna wrap up this episode. Um, but but again, I want to thank you so much for joining us. 
um, again and chatting with us. And um, and to all of our listeners, again, please follow Bree's work. You can um, you know learn and listen in on the Hex Positive podcast. Um, your your books. Uh, we've got Grove Daughter Witchery. We've got uh, Pestle Work. Sisters we've Grimoire. got the Sisters Grimoire. Um, and from what you said, there's another one in the works. So uh, so please check out these titles. Please go check out these books. Um, support a member of our community, someone who actually has done the work, has has learned the things, and is now in a position to share that knowledge and experience. Um, and. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I know that we will we will be continuing to follow your many exploits, and um, and as I said, I will be contacting you here in the next week or so to order more books. Um, okay. Yeah. So all right. Well, unless you have anything else you'd like to share, Bree, we're we're gonna go ahead and we're again we're just gonna say thank you so much, and we're we're gonna call it a night. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. It's been a blast. Oh, oh good. Yeah, good. Thank you. All right. Okay, well, you have a good evening, and um, and like I said, we'll be in touch, and maybe we can we can have you back on the podcast at, at a later time. We'll have to we'll have to chat about that. Oh, I'd love to yeah. anytime. That'd be great. Okay, Thank all right. You, Bree. All right. Good night. Right. Yep. Good night. Bye. That was really awesome. I enjoyed talking with Bree. They're very, very, very knowledgeable, fun, and honestly, I love their podcast. So I'm super excited to continue to see where we go with this and and see some more of what they're putting out. I, I agree, and I, I know that you you have been listening to their podcast um, for a while now, and I think there's some good information there. Uh, well, a lot of good information there. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm just so excited that we like, yeah, like we we got Bree's books in the shop. Um, before I, I really, to be honest, before I, I had even considered anything like having them on the podcast. I so, yeah. I don't, anyway, anyway, very cool. And, and I, again, an excellent guest. And I meant what I said. I think we definitely we need to make sure that we have her back on at some point in the future. I think that would be be really cool. We can talk about maybe maybe like more specific topic or something. Yeah, that'd be really cool. awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. So, well, all right, Austin. What uh, what's going on in your little corner of the witchcraft world these days? What's you what's together? You know what's going on. What's gotcha? Yeah, but you're a man of many secrets. I'm not really. Oh really? Who ate all the ice cream? I'm not gonna lie, that was me. Hmm. All right. I'm an ice cream whore. Now you I now now you decide to be honest. I'm never not honest about the ice cream. I love what's, ice cream. What's going on in the witchcraft community right now? That's kind of either either really working for you or not so much. I, so I am notorious for not being able to, to, to get a joke. I, I don't know if it's just because I take my craft so seriously or, or what, but I'm notorious for not being able to take a joke. So I'll be like going through social media and I'll see people posting like witchcraft jokes, but it's just like misinformation. And so uh, something that happened was, um, Someone posted about how Gemini's stone is agate, and so it's going to bring me like XYZ things. But if you give it to a Virgo or a Pisces, it's going to like do the exact opposite. And so I kind of like came in and I was like, actually, no, this is incorrect. You have to take the entire chart into consideration if you're going to do this. Um, Please stop spreading this type of misinformation. But if it's something you want to hold true to, that's great. But this is this is a farce. And they're like, it was meant in jest anyway. And I'm like, like, aren't you an educator? Shouldn't you be educating and not making a joke out of your craft? I mean, yeah, like laugh and have fun. But there's a point where laughing and have fun is just laughing and having fun is just. It's just that you're, you've made a joke of your craft. So I guess that's what it is, is on top of that, there's also this lack of critical thinking that comes along with some of the things that happen. And I'm just like, you're putting this information out there for someone who has no critical thinking skills. They're going to see this, take it, run with it, and then become the next cult leader. And I'm just like, can we dissolve this misinformation? Can we not generalize this? Can we actually like provide good information or 
I don't know, for people like me who don't know how to take a joke or don't get a joke or don't want to make their witchcraft and spirituality a joke, let me preface this with like, this is a joke. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, I don't know. Maybe it's my ADD that doesn't get it. Maybe it's because, again, I take myself too, too seriously. I don't know. Well, I think most of us can take ourselves a little too seriously at times. I mean, sometimes it even happens with like you and me. Like you and me will be playing around and you'll you'll be like kind of joking and poking and having fun with me. And I'm like, stop it. Why are you saying that? And you're like, I'm I'm kidding. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if it's I, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's a me thing. I bet it's. A well, me. you know what I always say. I only tease you, and I am only horribly, horribly cruel to you because I love you and I care. Yes. Um, I can't really think of anything that's been going on. I love that you're making me do this, and you're just like, eh. What? We, even with Brie, I was like, here's you a story. Lo- you you like, love hey. to talk. Don't even play that with me. Like, why are you making me the center of attention? Oh, no. I hate being the center of attention. I hate it when I'm the only one that gets to talk. No. Anyway, um, I can't. Throw my flip-flop at your head. You're going to give me the chancla. I am. Please don't. I can't handle it today. I'm too, uh, I'm too fragile. Um. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I I guess if there were anything going on in the witch community right now, uh, and again, this is primarily a social media thing, and I should just learn how better to disconnect from social media because we all know it's a shit show. Mm-hmm. But um, but I'm I'm honestly I'm amazed that some of these same old things are cycling back through, like these ridiculous things about like only Romani people can read tarot cards. Oh my God. And, you know, is this or isn't this a closed practice? And, you know, I'm like... How about you just fucking Google it? I'm like, why are we continuing to talk about these things? Like, I I get it. I know that these conversations come up every time there's a new generation of witches that roll onto the scene and they're still learning, right? And they haven't figured it out yet. But I'm also kind of like... Like, like, shouldn't that information... Like, is is there not, not some point where that information will kind of just, like, be in the ether... You know, where it's like, oh yeah, this is just kind of commonly understood, so there should be no confusion about this anymore. Well, you know? I think it also comes down to with just all that we do, uh, the constant education that we're doing, and the constant trying to be a support to these this 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 newer generation and the upcoming generations, and even the current generation. We're we're tired. We're exhausted. You know, we can only we can only have the white sage conversation so much before we're just like, oh my god, just. Google it. Better yet, let the spirits get you. You know, whatever. You know, you yeah. can only have that conversation so much. And then I have to check myself because, like, you know, I want to be a good ally. I want to be a good ally. I want to support our, our our BIPOC friends and practitioners. I want to do that. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. But they've been doing this much longer than we have, trying to protect their yeah, practices. Yeah. And the fact that they're still driving and they're still moving forward, I'm just like, oh. Yeah, my, my I, tiredness and my exhaustion is a privilege. Yeah, exa- exactly. I think about that sometimes. I think like uh, those moments where I deal with some degree of adversity around something like this, and I'm like, oh my god, no wonder BIPOC people are fucking frustrated and exhausted all the time because they live this shit every second of every day, um, and it's not just about witchcraft. Um, yeah. Anyway. I, yeah, I don't know. I just that's that's really the only thing that kind of hit my radar this week. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, those of you who have joined us for this episode, we hope you enjoyed chatting with Bree. She's uh, she's delightful, as you were able to to see. And uh, again, please please go out check out her books. Um, do do check out her podcast as well, uh, Hex Positive. Um, we would also uh, again like to uh, plug the Lavender Scare podcast, which is coordinated by another member of our witchy family, Keanu. We um, love you, Keanu. Yes, we do love you, Keanu. And we love you, Bree. Um, yes. All the love. Um, yeah. Um, good voices. Good sources of information. Um, yeah. These, these are people who are actually doing the work. These are good people to listen to. Um, yeah. And otherwise, I just I want to say thank you, everybody. Um, we have... Uh, Shoot, I, I don't know what we've got. You know what? I'm not sure what we're doing for next week's podcast. We will yeah, just we, uh, we will just uh, have to see where we go. Maybe we'll do another witchy rambling podcast. We'll see. 
So anyway, is there anything you'd like to say to our, our listeners before we go, Austin? You and I have to get to a class. It's true. I don't really have much. Just, you know, stay witchy. Use your critical thinking skills. I know you have them. Everyone does. If it's dark and scary and there's a loose gunman out, probably best not to go out down the dark alley. You know, use your critical thinking skills. And the same thing is with witchcraft. If you don't know and you're not willing to do the research, don't use your UPG as a verification on something. If you're not willing to do the research, talk to someone or just don't do it. Yeah. Right. Just don't do it. Okay. Um, because more often than not, not that it's not okay to make mistakes, it's completely fine and natural to make mistakes. I mean, we talked about mistakes that we've all made this this episode and it, it, that's okay well that mistake that i shared i just need to be clear that's the only mistake i've ever made ever anyway so not all of us can be perfect like mike and um it's a burden i know i'm sure it is i'm sure it is sweetie you don't know how i suffer i'm i do know how you suffer because <sighs> you project it onto others <laughs> that is very fair and true. All right. So, so please just do your research, use your critical thinking skills, and if you want, ask. And as always, send us your questions. We're more than happy to answer them. Yeah. Stop by the shop, call the shop. We're more than happy to help out. Okay. Mm -hmm. Happy witching. Thank you.